Hey, Regen, my name is Dave. I have a new life in Christ, and I am recovering from PTSD, pornography, and seeking comfort through alcohol. It's good to be with you. Um, Do you remember when you first became aware of the fact, of the reality that you were a broken person? You remember what that was like? What was it that led you to that conclusion? For me, it was my relationship with my little brother. I have one brother, and uh, no matter how hard I tried to be kind to him, I ended up being cruel. I think it was likely because of my insecurities that I always felt like I had to compete with him and I had to beat him in everything in order to be loved and accepted and be a, be a good person. And the difficult thing about that was the harder I tried to be kind and to change the way that I approached my relationship with my brother, the more and more I failed. The Bible gives us an explanation for that. If that's where you are tonight, that you're, you're stuck in a struggle, you just can't escape, you, you're constantly finding yourself doing things you don't wanna do. The Bible has a term for that, and that is that you and I are slaves to sin. Everyone in the room tonight is enslaved to sin, uh, and you fall into one of two categories. Either you currently are enslaved to sin, or because you now have a faith relationship with God through Jesus, you formerly were enslaved to sin. We're going to talk about a really important concept tonight, and that's the idea of what does it mean to be redeemed? If you're here tonight and you have a relationship with God through Jesus, you have experienced redemption. You are redeemed. And as we continue to look at this prayer in the very first chapter of Ephesians, it's, a, it's, a, it's 11 verses long. We're looking at different concepts of our identity. It's critically important that you understand from the Bible's perspective, who you are determines what you do. Not what you do determines who you are. And that's really important as we think about what it means to have a relationship with God, what it means to experience recovery in Christ. So two simple questions we're going to ask tonight. First is simply going to be, what is redemption? Secondly is going to be, what difference does it make in my life? Let me read for you one verse. We're only going to focus on a few words tonight. This is from Ephesians 1, verse 7. Listen to the word of God. In him, Jesus, in him we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Redemption is a concept, an idea that comes to us from the slavery that was prevalent in the time of the Bible. Now, the slavery then, and there are about six million slaves at the time this passage was written in the Roman Empire. The slavery of the Roman Empire was a little bit different than the absolutely evil and horrible history of slavery we have in our own country. It was oftentimes more of a financial contract. And so the idea of being redeemed or experiencing redemption is someone could actually buy you out of being a slave if the ransom price was right. And here in this verse, the idea is that you and I were slaves to sin. Slave was our master. Uh, we were, we, sin was our master a cruel master, because according to the Bible, sin leads to death. Sin was our master. We're under the power of sin, but now in him, we have been redeemed. There has been a ransom paid for us so that we no longer are slaves to sin. We've gone from a very cruel master in sin, and now we find ourselves under a kind master, God, who has redeemed us in Jesus. Now, three things I want to ask real quick, Three, three simple ideas. Who redeemed us? How did he redeem us? Why did he redeem us? Look at what it says. In him, we have redemption. 
Him is referring to Jesus. And when we see that important little idea in him, that little phrase, there's big meaning behind it. It can mean that uh, we have a relationship with God through Jesus and we're connected and we're unified, which it does mean. It can also have a functional meaning. And the idea here is that all that we experienced in redemption was done by Jesus. How did he do it? According to this text, it was through his blood. When you think of the blood of Jesus in this context, I don't want you merely to think of his work for us upon the cross. It was everything leading up to that as well. Here's what the Bible teaches. The one true God is a triune God. Three persons, one God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Son became a human being and he lived the only perfect life that's ever been lived. I hope you can rest at ease if you're here for the first time tonight walking into the space thinking, I don't know what to think of these people. They probably think they're perfect. Nobody thinks they're perfect. There's not a single perfect person in this room. There's not a single perfect person in this world that ever has been other than Jesus. Jesus lived the only perfect life that's ever been lived. Then he went to the cross in our place, taking upon himself our sin. And he died the death we all deserve to die. The grave couldn't contain him. He was risen physically from the grave. He's at the right hand of God the Father. And through the blood of Jesus, not only does Jesus pay for the penalty of our sin, he breaks the power that sin has over us. So he has redeemed us through his blood. Why did he do it? According to this text, it was simply um, according to the riches of his grace. As we looked at last week in Verse six, it's his glorious grace. Jesus did this for the glory of God. God takes great glory. God makes his worth known to us in loving us while we're unlovable, in giving his love to those who don't deserve it. And it's according to the grace of God that the blood of Jesus was spilled for us so that you and I may no longer toil under the cruel master of sin. We now may be transferred to be slaves of God and live for him. So what difference does that make? What difference does that make to you and me tonight in this space where we are struggling with sin, struggling with suffering in our life? Two big things I want you to think about. First one is this. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. If you're here tonight and you've turned away from living independently from God and you've turned to God and you've trusted that Jesus is all that he says he is, you've placed your faith in Jesus, you no longer are enslaved to sin. You don't have to keep sinning. You're free. It's amazing news. That's good news. If you're here tonight as a follower of Jesus and you think I can never stop the things I wanna stop in my life, not true. You're no longer enslaved. Sin is no longer your master. You're no longer on a path leading towards death. You have received eternal life. And God is good and kind. And God has given you everything you need in Jesus so that you may live for him. As I worked harder to be a better brother to my brother, I struggled. There were times I would do well for a while and there was a couple weeks like that. And my little brother took up a game I wasn't familiar with at the time called soccer. And he was good at it. And I saw very quickly, I would never be good at soccer. He was so good that he joined a team and my mom went out and and bought him some cleats, some brand new soccer cleats. And I came by his room one morning and he was there in his soccer uniform with his new cleats on. And I felt my insecurity coming up. And I simply looked him in the eye and I said to him, soccer is stupid. And I walked away. Didn't think much of it until the next day I walked by his room again And there were his brand new soccer cleats tossed in the trash 
along with his uniform. And all of a sudden, I became aware of the fact of, I can't stop doing this. I'm, I'm incapable of changing. As hard as I, as, as much as I want to change, as hard as I try, it seems like I keep doing the same things over and over again. And it's what led me to the need that I had for Jesus and to understand, I can't do this. Maybe that's where you are tonight. Step one at Regen is simply admitting you can't do it on your own. There's no way in your natural state that you have the ability to overcome sin. You can stop drinking. You can stop looking at porn. You can start working on getting your relationships better. You might make some progress there, but there's nothing you can do to lead a life that's pleasing to God apart from Jesus. What we all have in common in this room tonight is we all need Jesus. Have you placed your faith in Jesus? Have you come to that place in step one and maybe you need to revisit that tonight where you once again are honest with God and say, I need help. I can't do this on my own. Here's the good news. The good news is we're no longer slaves to sin. If that's what you're hearing tonight, through the voice of others, through things that you're reading, even your, your own inner dialogue, that you can't stop this. If you're a follower of Jesus, that is categorically untrue. That's a lie from the devil himself. You're no longer slaves to sin. Here's the good news. Here's the second thing I want us to focus on tonight is this. We are now free to live for God. We're now free to live for God. See, being freed from sin doesn't mean you're free to do whatever you want. There's something much better that God has for us. We're now free to live for him. It's the very purpose he created us for. If you're struggling with finding meaning and purpose and joy in life, it's because we were made for God. God created us for himself that we would love him and enjoy him and worship him forever. And now through Jesus and through the fact that you and I are redeemed, we are free not to do whatever we want. We're free to do the very thing that's best for us. We're free now to live for God. Are you living that way tonight? If you're full of Jesus, it's there for you. Maybe tonight for you is coming to God and surrendering, saying, I am indeed now your slave. You've purchased me out of bondage through the precious blood of Jesus. You gave me your son so that I might be free. And now I can trust you, Lord, in all aspects of my life. I give you everything. I lay everything before you. I want to become your slave so that I might live righteously before you. Not so that you will love me, but because you already perfectly have in Jesus. Had dinner with my mom and dad the other night. It's been a few years since I was mean to my little brother. And my mom just casually said over dinner, hey, Dave, your brother, he just got a big promotion and a handsome raise with it. I don't know who uses the word handsome as it pertains to money more. My mom does. And you know what I felt in my spirit? I was happy. I felt a sense of joy. Like, that's awesome. I can't wait to text him and tell him congratulations and dinner's on him next time, right? I was so happy for him. What changed? Everything changed because of Jesus. I'm not who I used to be. I'm no longer enslaved by sin. I'm not perfect. Sin still resides in me, but its power has been broken over me. And now because of Jesus, I can by faith surrender my whole life to God and ask him to help me walk in obedience. And there's great joy for us as we live for God. Where are you tonight? Wherever you are in your journey, I want you to know there's hope. You can be emancipated. You can be freed. You can be redeemed in Jesus. Will you trust in him? 
I want to introduce my friend Samuel, who's going to come with us and come up tonight, and he's going to share with the amazing things that God has redeemed in his life. Samuel, come on up and join us.